0: to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured
1: cowboys instead
2: of lawyers. Boy, howdy, that man knew how to talk, huh? Uh, yeah, I never realized
1: he, he pronounces it Franzi.
2: Franzi. Is it Franzi or Franzi? I don't know.
3: Wasn't Franzi a character on Happy
2: Days? That's Franzi.
1: That's, that's
2: Fon- oh, nice. well, welcome to another edition of uh, Emil Franzi's I you said the show. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. you, know the West. you guys got me all flustered. Uh, <laughs> Harry Alexander with you, Bunker to France here and in Los Angeles. Our buddy Todd Roberts in studio is the music man himself, Buck Helton. And uh, his lady
3: friend. And his I lady friend, Suzanne. Say, <laughs> so, I'm. I am plum. I am plum tickled to be here with y'all today. We're happy to have you. Nobody's laid a
1: finger on you. You've not been tickled.
3: <coughs> say well. Say if you really want to get get picky about that, it's like how ticklish are plums? If you actually stop to think about it, that's a good question.
2: Well, and then vanishing into thin air. Where is the air that thin one can vanish? Say well. In in my case, it's always been vanishing into fat air. So. <laughs> Anywho, welcome, Buck. Glad to have you around. You man. know, before we get into Buck... Yes, we have some house curtains. I, I have some. Do p- don't p- tell me you're, you're pre-
3: planning on performing surgery or something. <laughs> yes, I am, in <laughs> fact. You know, it's brain surgery,
1: Buck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh-oh. Anyhow, <laughs> hey, uh, this is kind of on a sad note. friend of mine Aww. and a very, very almost legendary cowboy, Joe or JPS Brown, passed away. And I've got a little bit of a bio on Joe. He's, he uh, he wrote Jim Kane, which was the basis for pocket money, the outfit, a uh, bunch of stuff. But let me get into this so that we can uh, get the book. Born in Nogales, Arizona, John Paul Summers Brown, JPS to readers of his books and Joe to his friends, was raised on a sprawling 185-section ranch and is a fifth-generation Arizona cattleman. While attending Notre Dame University and majoring in journalism, he also enlisted in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve. At Notre Dame, he claimed the Middleweight Boxing Championship in 1951. The following year, he won the Light Heavyweight Championship. After college, Joe returned to the family ranch and began a career in journalism, working as a general assignment reporter on two weekly newspapers, the Apache County Independent News and the Holbrook Tribune News, where he wrote a popular uh, column called Highway 66. He later went to work for the El Paso Herald Post, winning the Scripps Howard Award for Best farm reporting in 1954. That same year, Brown enrolled in the U.S. Marine Corps Officer Candidate School in Quantico, Virginia, and he was commissioned a year later. Released from active duty in 1958, he returned to the cattle business in Mexico and Arizona and continued to run the family cattle ranch in Arizona. It wasn't until 1965 during a bout with hepatitis that book joe began to write his first novel published the critical acclaim was jim kane in 1971 it became the basis for the movie pocket money which starred paul newman and lee marvin a stint as a cowboy gathering maverick cattle provided the inspiration for his second novel the outfit which considered which considered a southwestern classic Brown began uh, furnishing livestock for the motion picture industry, eventually supplying four-legged supporting... Oh, eventually uh, supplying four-legged supporting cast for some um, of the movies, in other words, horses. Mm. In night, and cows, mostly mostly horses. In 1974, his third novel, Forest of the Night, was published. 1966 saw the publication of the novel *Steel Dust*, as well as the short story *Butterfly Dog*, which appeared in *City Magazine*. In 1990, Bantam Books will publish *The Blooded Stock*, the first of a series uh, of—it's called *The Arizona Saget*. And I knew Joe, and he—this guy. Was literally legendary. He poisoned by one wife. I think he was shot by another. He wasn't very and, good at marriage, was he? And he, I mean, as as a, as a, as a pro fighter, he was he was very formidable. And the funny thing is that Joe, with with all of the background I just given you, Joe had a voice like this, a little high high pitched voice, and it's the kind of voice. That's probably why Joe had so many fights. It Probably. But, you know, yeah. I, any of the guys that got in a fight with Joe weren't laughing when it was over. They No, and uh, also, if Joe really got ticked off at him, they was probably talking higher than he was. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would. And one of the interesting things on pocket money, you know, which was based on Jim Kane, the book he wrote, mm-hmm. he was a wrangler. Here's the guy that wrote the book, and he's working on the movie as a wrangler. Yeah.
3: Say, well, just yeah, you know, that just goes to show there's there's absolutely nothing that uh, you know, that uh, Hollywood loves better in you know, in B westerns than, than true authenticity. That's right.
2: <laughs> Say, we we also celebrate today the uh, birth date yes. of the great Randolph Scott. You do it for Randolph Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Randolph Scott. <laughs> That's right. Everybody puts uh, their Whatever hand. whatever happened to him. Uh, he passed he did Scott? pass away uh, in March of uh, nineteen eighty seven. He was one of the richest men in Hollywood.
1: When he died he was worth close to a hundred million.
2: million.
1: So good he business. Spent man. his
4: last year's in Palm
1: Springs. Mm-hmm. Playing golf.
4: Same. And tennis. He was and a great, great tennis player. Not too many people know that he, uh, there were many people that tried to urge him to go on to the uh, Davis Cup team.
2: Wow. It, wasn't he rather tall for playing tennis, or was that an advantage? That's an um, advantage. Well, well just remember don't the don't name
4: Bill tennis. Tilden.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, there, there you go, Harry. You Harry. know, he
4: was tall, and, he, and, and it gave him a, a great reach yeah. and uh, yeah, I understand a that. towering smash, mm. overhead smash.
2: Well, I don't play tennis, so there you go. All right. Oh, oh you know, just one more thing about <laughs> Yes. Him.
1: Last night I was watching a little bit of the Desperados, mm-hmm. and there's a great, great chase in there. Big Boy Williams, Glenn mm-hmm. Ford mm-hmm. being chased by Scott and the posse. Mm-hmm. And they're all doing their own riding. And you talk about, you know, you look at the riding that these guys <clears throat> did, and then uh, what they call riding in the Westerns today, No, it's, it, it makes you cry.
2: Yeah. Uh, Grit Television is uh, doing a uh, <clears throat> three-hour or three-movie uh, mm-hmm. feature uh, tonight uh, to celebrate uh, Randolph Scott's birthday. Oh, so, awesome. All right, all right, let's get on to Buck Elton.
3: Okay. Uh, well, also, by, uh, you know, by way of birthdays, I want to uh, mention, say, yesterday mm-hmm. was uh, the birthday of uh, our dear friend who's gone on. Uh, Charlie Swier, who was Arizona's yes. official film historian, yes indeed, mm-hmm. See, and uh, so mm-hmm. it's another, you know, yet a, another excuse to uh, you know remember him and all all the fun we had at different festivals. Yep. Right? Yeah. yeah, he was he,
1: he was a perennial at the uh, High Chaparral events.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes,
1: he was.
2: Yeah, See, agree, you just was
3: you, it doesn't matter how 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 close to the ground you chopped him off. Just sprinkled some water on him and, and he, he grew right up back. Again,
2: all right music you've been playing this stuff for a long long time
3: as uh, as <laughs> of next month uh, I will celebrate a half century as a professional overton
2: very nice very very nice Let's say what'd um, you do
3: before that Let's Let's say well, I wasn't <laughs> even in kindergarten yet so well, what' you do before you were in kindergarten Let's Let's say mostly <laughs> had a lot of practice being very small.
5: <laughs> of course, that's a relative
3: concept.
4: Bunker, do you are you mistaking uh, Buck here for Lee Marvin, who said that he remembered being in the womb uh, <laughs> of his mother, and and uh, that uh, he said, you know, every birthday is, for most people think is a celebration, and I just look at it as <clears throat> as the day that um, I basically instead of getting released prison, I was thrown out on my own. I've been trying to get back there ever since. <laughs>
1: you were evicted. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Buck, Buck. was in the next womb. <laughs>
2: they, in the next womb. Oh, all right, that deserves a yeah one of So, those.
3: so does that mean that Lee Marvin's mom, after that, had a womb for rent? Oh, it's yeah.
2: Da, 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 da. We're here all week, folks.
3: I'm <clears throat> sending you a big bouquet uh, of roses. Was, next week, next roses. month,
2: you celebrate 50 years say, yep, as a, I, uh, a professional entertainer.
3: Say, yeah, I uh, I started professionally when I was five. Say, and I uh, started on Romper Room later that same year on mm-hmm. KTVT in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Channel 11. Oh, my God.
4: I had Romper Room in Los Angeles. Well,
3: Romper Room was was a unique phenomenon. Uh, It was like the Bozo the Clown show. Mm -hmm. They would would bring local kids in for the studio stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, the cartoons and the other segments were the same in every market, but every local market had its own Romper Room hostess Mm -hmm. or local bozo.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: We had a lot of local bozos in New Mexico, but we didn't have a Romper Room. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, there's way too many local bozos running around nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) And um,
1: two of
2: them right here. (laughs) I resemble that remark. You, uh in terms of your music uh, it it is uh, not country western but it west i call it western not country western say well i I actually
3: do both kinds of music right. country and western
2: uh, no, it, well, let's talk about the differences between country and western say well, well he's
3: a historian, so this is good yeah. I say yeah, I, yeah my my personal favorite i mean we can you know we can get into the serious stuff in a moment but uh my personal favorite description. You know, was done by Roy Rogers it's like you know, country music is some old boy singing about his neighbor's wife Say, Western music is that same old boy singing about his neighbor's horse I like that that's probably as good as it gets
2: that's a very very Say, good, very you know,
3: good. Uh, actually both, both traditional country uh, and western music along with bluegrass music right are uh, are the you know, are the triplet sons of the ballads of Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. Yes, they are. You didn't know Wales sang
1: cowboy
2: songs, did I you? I sure did. Yes, I did. Very <laughs> yes.
1: Well, you know, too, and here's the thing. It's, uh, the early days of radio, it was put on as hillbilly music. A, yes, uh, in point of fact,
3: I still have probably 25 or 30 of those old-fashioned press board albums that he told mm-hmm. about Ten seventy-eights, and ninety percent of my collection comes from uh, KDFW's Hillbilly Hit Parade with Johnny Hicks. Yeah, thing. Yeah, back in Dallas many many moons ago. Thing and uh, including That's... including one of my treasures, I have to the best of my knowledge, because I've looked for another one for the better part of forty years now, and I've never heard mm-hmm. even heard of anyone who has one. I believe I have the only surviving airplay-only copy of the Sons of the Pioneers' Old Man Adam. Wow. Do you know it? Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Alma Gordo, Bikini.
4: <laughs> awesome. Pretty good.
2: Do you have a favorite uh, uh, Western musician?
3: Say, favorite Western musician, uh, well, see, that's just the thing. My uh, my three main musical influences, they all did Western music, but none of them were strictly Western. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was Johnny Cash, yep. Marty Robbins, and Eddie Arnold. And the Farr brothers. Say, Say, yep. Mm-hmm. You and Carl are the best by far. Sure.
2: <laughs> well, let, let's hear. Let's hear a song. Say, is one right. of your one of your tunes.
3: Say, well, this is one of the Sons of the Pioneers uh, did, and uh, it's it's lesser known. You know, it uh, is certainly not you know in the vein of tumbleweeds or cool water, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm. Helps if I get the right key Well, it's round up time and the weather's fine And the strays, they must be branded The irons fry and the doggies cry But the old man is commanded All day long I sing this song Hold that critter down, hold him down Burn his hide There's extra pay for every day So hold that critter down, burn his hide Hold him down When the moon comes up and the sun goes down to the cook shack, I'll be headin'. I'll throw the pie in the old cook's eye and tie him up in his beddin'. Make him run to the tune of a gun. Hold that critter down, hold him down, burn his hide. There's extra pay for every day, so hold that critter down, burn his hide, hold him down. Well, I'll go to town when the boss comes round With the back pay that he owes me Get drunk as sin with my old pal Jim and land where the bouncer throws me Bet him ten he can't do it again Hold that critter down then inch back next day with ten minutes' pay left from the checking that I drew. Boss said, son, you're a son of a gun, but I wish that I was like you. I'll burn hair for next month's tear. Hold that critter down. Hold him down. Burn his hide. There's extra pay for every day. So
1: hold that critter down. Burn his hide. Hold him down. Great, great. You know, it's Wonderful. an interesting thing. I was thinking about that because that's that to me is like the Hollywood Western music, mm-hmm. and you. But you had the Tin Pan Alley. Oh yes. And you had, of course, the traditional stuff. And but, and, mm-hmm. and like Harry's question going back is. I think there's a huge difference between country. And, and so, Western.
3: That, well, there there actually is. Uh, all of them, as I said, originally got started yeah, rural. in the ballads of the old sod. And uh, they, mm-hmm. you know, the Irish made their way over here to America in enormous numbers around 1840, fleeing the Great Potato Famine. Right. So, and uh, if you've ever seen the film Gangs of New York, mm-hmm. you will understand why they did not stay on the East Coast all that long for the most part. Say, so, Because... Uh, the Irish are a rather rebellious people, and I can say this being part Scots-Irish myself, say, and, uh, I've had
1: a little Scotch myself.
3: <laughs> say, say, no, 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 no. Say, Lottie, in, in the waters of my friend Monty, say, Scotch is something you drink. Scots are something you are. Are you, Lottie? Say, but, uh, say, so they left, and, uh, a bunch of them Never went further west than Appalachia. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, they took their music with them. Say, and uh, the you know the songs that uh, remained in Appalachia to this day formed the basis for uh, for old time traditional country music, as well as bluegrass. Yes. Say, mm-hmm. now, then so there are others who came on out west because, you know, as I'm sure you know, you are well aware. And this remains something of a tradition even to this day. But uh, especially back, you know, back just after the War of Northern Aggression, say, no one cared what your last name was. No one cared where you came from. The only thing that counted was could you do the job and were you fit to ride the river
1: with? Yeah, but you grit.
3: And as a result, the Irish were probably better represented as
1: an ethnic group than uh than any other in the old West. You know, there's an interesting sidebar to that which to me is always is like the part of the West that always seems to be forgotten and that is the uh Minnesota, Wisconsin West of the time, which was made up of Germans and Scandinavians. Scandinavians, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you yeah, find it. people and like Gustafson and, and, they, and they and they and a lot of them ended up out West Cowboy. But absolutely. they got lost Somehow in the storytelling. Mm Say.
3: Well, it's one thing to tell a story with a nice Irish brogue, but when you start to do something like
1: Sven and Ollie and Lena. Yeah, what's wrong with doing it that way? Mm I kind of like a nice story where Ollie goes out to the outhouse Mm -hmm. and he, he finds that the catalog is missing and he is irate.
3: They, that's right. He's, he's saying, I rate at least one new catalog a year. That's right.
2: Who's Good been plan. using my catalog? <laughs> 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 I'm just going to turn off my microphone and let you guys go. I mean, <laughs> we got to do our first break here. Oh, oh Harry. I know. But, you know, they gotta, we got to pay. Let's the, save it to next show. got to pay the bills, you oh, know. Okay. So Our guest you. is Buck Helton. This is Abel Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker of to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. We'll be back in just a little bit.
0: 777 America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legionorg honor veterans to find out how you can help. Watch classic Western movies anytime at voices of the
2: Back on Emil Franzi's uh, Voices of the West, Harry and Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Robertson in Los Angeles, our guest, Buck Helton. With his accordion. With, no, you don't have no space, Buck. No, I, I don't have one of those prairie pianos where you play both ends against the middle. All right, so the uh, that, that was the Chuck Wagon's Meyer, traditional
3: say, tune. Say, well, say, actually, I think they, they adapted that just a
2: wee bit because yes. it sounded an awful lot like Sweet Betsy from Pike. It, it did, of course. But uh, my uh, my question is, when did the squeeze box start uh, becoming prevalent in Western music?
3: They, well, actually, that uh, the the original, you know, uh, of course, was the concertina. <coughs> right. Yeah, and they, I mean, they were very popular. They, they were enormously popular, and uh, they were very popular aboard ship.
2: <coughs> right. And they, and they fit sea under
3: and a sea. seat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. they they came west along with the Irish because. Uh, so many of uh, of our classic, you know, uh, truly old Western cowboy songs actually started off as sea shanties, mm-hmm. and they just changed the words. Like, Bury Me Not uh, on the Lone Prairie actually started off as Bury Me Not in the Deep Blue Sea.
2: Well, as you can see, I'm wearing a uh, shirt denoting a particular pirate event that I used to mm-hmm. attend, produce, and uh, did all kinds of stuff for, and... I had a squeeze box. We had a band, a pirate band, and uh, I didn't play very well, but you know I could get to played out. drums. I played drums too. In Bodrum.
3: Yep, yep no no no, no, you have to pronounce it correctly. it's bohran. okay you swallow the D.
1: I never swallowed the D. I always I always kind of catch it on the back and spit it
2: all right then um so did you did you play with a tipper? no what about the tin whistle no, we did have one of those <laughs> we
3: did have
1: one they, of those yeah. how come you never see tin whistles in western movies Say
3: that is a very good question because they were enormously popular and back they fit then. in a pocket yeah, they do fit in a pocket uh, although say, you see harmonicas all the time Say yes and uh, harmonicas you know, of course were prevalent in great numbers back in those yeah. days uh, but I would say that the, the the tin whistle was at least, you know, as prevalent as a harmonica. Yeah, and they're a lot easier to learn. Say yeah, you only got what, about four or five notes. Mm-hmm. Say uh, no, you have you have a full octave. Oh, do you? And mm-hmm. uh, actually, if you overblow and cover that little bass hole, you can actually get about an octave and a fifth out of them. I yep. used I used to play uh, say in back in Fort Worth with. A band called Celtic Crossroads. Uh, yeah, I've heard we, of them. Yeah, we did, uh, you know, with Annie J. and uh, and the bunch, and we we did both the original Irish songs, and then the uh, the the cowboy songs that they turned into. Oh, no, cool! It,
2: are they always in the same key? Say, uh, a tin whistle. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, you if you want to, you know, just like a harmonica. Now, well, you, now, with a harmonica, you can play crossharp. Right. Same, but uh, a tin whistle is just in one key, and you, know, you uh, you'd have a brace of them if you wanted to do oh, okay. Just the majority a, of it.
2: like if you wanted different keys in the harmonica, you got to have a
3: exact bunch
2: of those. And uh, <clears throat> the
3: the classic sized tin whistle
2: is in D. Okay, is that the key that most Western music is uh, written in? Say originally, yes.
3: Uh, say, because again, going back to the Irish things, uh, say, D is also a very common key to the fiddle, mm-hmm. say, and the fiddle and the tin whistle are the uh, traditional lead instruments mm-hmm. in, you know, in, uh, in Celtic and Irish music.
2: Give us a uh, give us a D. Well, you gotta put the capo on. Did well, you? No,
3: I don't have to, but uh, I get a better voicing this way because it lets me use all six strings. Gotcha. Thing. here's one no. Come listen to the tale of a poor Irish harper Find not the gnarls in these old withered hands Remember these fingers they once could move sharper To waken the strains of his dear native land. And, of course, that one uh, found its way out to Medicine Lodge, Kansas, Mm -hmm. and uh, wound up with a young uh, Irish-American named F.H. Maynard. And uh, he used that tune to tell a story of a gunfight and its aftermath that he witnessed outside of the Boar's Head Saloon in nearby Abilene. Well, Abilene didn't fit the meter, no. So we just changed the location. El No, that's <laughs> so. nope. another town. As I walked out in the streets of Laredo, Laredo, I walked out in Laredo one day. I spied a young cowboy, all wrapped in white linen. Wrapped in white linen cold as the clay I see by your outfit that you are a cowboy You see by my outfit that I'm a cowboy too You see by our outfits that we are both cowboys If you get an outfit you can be a cowboy too
4: that's for you, Todd. <laughs> well, thank you, Bunker. I appreciate you always thinking of me and making sure. I do. That, uh, You're always on I, my I, mind. Like yeah, Georgia. Someday. Someday. You are always Not on yet, my mind. But someday I'll, I'll become a cowboy.
2: Yeah. Is yeah. most of the music in three-quarter time? Well, I know there's some in four-four, but they, mostly three-quarter?
3: Well, it uh, it varies. Say so, Now, the, uh, the ones that came... Know, from the Irish music original,
1: mm-hmm.
3: say, uh, actually, yes, uh, most of them are in three-quarter because uh, uh, unless you're doing a jig or something similar, almost mm-hmm. all Celtic music are waltzes. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, of course, yeah, you can go really fast into six-eighths, you know, like right. the Irish washerwoman. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: say Or Patsy Geary's jig, which uh, slowed down in the, uh, the uh, A section, became the Yellow Rose of Texas. Thing. But uh, so many of them are now. The ones that were actually composed out west uh, actually uh, match the gate of cow ponies. Mm-hmm. See? Because you know, because a lot of these you know, uh, say, were designed as night herding songs. Right. Say, and uh, for those of you unfamiliar, it's like cattle in the uh, in the evening are very spooky critters, restless. Say, yeah, and. Yeah, you know, I mean you can you know you can have a pack rat break wind twenty feet away and it'll start a stampede in a cotton ball. And say yep, yeah. and uh, so to keep them calm, say you would have drovers that would uh, ride night guard and they would ride in you know in uh, opposite directions of each other in circles around the herd in two hour shifts and it took them two hours to ride around our herd. Mm-hmm. Say some of them, yeah. Some mm-hmm. of the big ten, 10, 10 thousand head, yeah. Say, of course, you know that was right up there with the bulletproof tumbleweeds to crouch behind. <laughs> yes. Say in a gunfight or Roy Rogers specials where you could shoot him forty-three times without reloading. <laughs> say, no. Real, realistically, uh, it was. It was. Virtually unheard of to ever see uh, more than two thousand head, and that was
1: mm. that was enormous. Some of the very the very first ones were huge,
3: though. So yes, right you know right at the start, right uh, right after eighteen sixty five, when you know they started doing cattle drives. Yes, yes. Good night. Mm-hmm. Say the Preston Trail and so many of the others. But uh, throughout the majority of the cattle drive era, most of your you know, most of your drives were in the thousand to fifteen hundred.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and along that same line, you know, everybody thinks that all the cattle went to Kansas. Oh, and no. some a lot of them went to Colorado, mm-hmm. and later on up into Montana, and then they headed west mm-hmm. along the Southern Trail.
3: Mm-hmm. Say, so, yep. And believe it or not, there were actually drives you know from New Mexico into
2: Texas. Yeah. And they were also going up into uh, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Absolutely. A, the Arizona cattle drive from uh, the Empire Ranch to California. That's immaculate, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: So they, yep.
2: All right, got to do our next break, guys. It's uh, hours going by quickly. So with that, we'll be back with much more of Emil Franzi's of Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts, Buck Hilton's our guest. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. First, contact the Polash Management Company today at polashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers
0: you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300.
5: Hi everyone, it's Susan McCrae and welcome to Chaparral Roundup. As you know, I've postponed the March event to October 1st, 2nd and 3rd so we can all relax, have a great time with great dinners, a great lunch at the White Stallion Ranch, Q&A panels, screenings of a couple of our favorite High Chaparral shows, the documentary of Kent McRae, so we can honor him during his favorite reunion. And we have a great silent auction to benefit the Robert F. Hoy and Kiva Hoy Charity at the Tucson Medical Center. If you're already registered for March, you're automatically registered for October. But if you're not, you better register by September 17th. I look forward to seeing you all, and so does Don, with his Confessions of an Acting Cowboy. You'll have fun, see you in October for the Chaparral Roundup at Lodge on the Desert in Tucson, Arizona.
1: You can stand up and tell me a lie. With pleasure. You dirty.
0: When you call me that, smile. With a gun against my belly, I always smile. This is the Voices of the West.
2: We are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. And our guest in studio is Buck Helton. And uh, that little clip there came from um, Virginia. the Virginian. Yeah.
1: When I have a gun against my belly, I always giggle. <laughs> <laughs> That's because they put feathers on the end of the muzzle
2: yes, <laughs> Or one of those bang signs uh, yeah. coming <laughs> was... out of the barrel. I used to have one. <laughs> oh. It
3: was a Derringer, and the barrel unfolded lengthwise, and then a flag is <laughs>
1: banged. It
2: was, wow. it was like a fold, fold mm-hmm. gatefold. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> one of my favorite... <laughs> Western artists uh, outside, I mean, Bob Wills, obviously, but Johnny Bond. They Yep.
3: Very good. Say Johnny you.
2: Bond, Ray Whitley.
3: Say, yep. And uh, mm-hmm.
2: say, thank you. That is a name I have been
3: trying to remember for the better part of two weeks, and it would not pop into my head.
1: I yeah. have that happen, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: It drives yeah. you nuts. Yeah, Ray Whitley. And uh, mm-hmm. say, both of which, of course, are very much associated with Gene Autry. Mm-hmm. Say, uh Ray wrote uh, Gene's big hit "Back in the Saddle" again. Mm-hmm. Say, and uh, Johnny Bond, you know, for uh, for years and years, you know, mm-hmm. you would hear that uh, that Big Martin, you know, whenever he would, you know. Wrigley Spearmint Gum presents the Melody Ranch Program with Gene Autry and the Cass County Boys. I'm back in the saddle again, out where a friend is a friend, where the longhorn cattle feed on the lonely Jemison weed. Back in the saddle again, riding the range once more, toting my old forty-four. Where you sleep out every night, and the only law is right. Back in the saddle again, puppy tie. Oh, rocking to and fro. Back in the saddle again, puppy tie. Hey, I go my way. Back in the saddle again. I did you do 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 tee do do tee oh do dia o o going to go pero no o re o re o re o o re o re a little o tee pero no 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 re o o re o o
2: That is great. That is cool. Thank you, <coughs> <laughs> Foy William. <laughs> now I, I got all excited when Todd took me to the uh, uh, Gene Autry Museum, and uh, there were all kinds of exhibits for Johnny Bond and Ray Whitley. And, uh, Say, I, you know, I have a standing invitation to play
3: out
4: there, and I have yet to make it, you know, that a far great into genius. California.
2: Yeah. My
4: goodness! Weeks. I never heard of such a thing.
1: It's sacrilegious.
4: <laughs> what are you talking about? You don't come to Los Angeles? I'm What's here. Like, I'm waiting. There's say, liquor.
3: Say, well, say, con- you know, considering I'm a, you know, considering I'm a teetotaler, that's another reason to stay
4: away. Say, <laughs> All right, fine. We'll 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 immerse ourselves in my beef jerky cologne and motor oil and and spend the weekend. Um, Lying to each other about our great feats of masculinity, yeah. mm-hmm.
2: and, and, and he of beef jerky. Rudy Scooter and the Californians, remember them? Oh,
3: oh man! Say, I've I've heard the name, but as far as any of their music, I'm drawing a complete. Oh, let me
2: break. see. If, let me see if I can find some here. I think I got some.
3: Thing. Yeah. Uh, you're you're digging back into you know like. Um, Foy Willing and the Writers of the Purple Sage and you know in that era.
1: Well let's let's talk about the difference between like uh Eddie Dean and Rogers and Autry Dean being you know that what they would consider an operatic cowboy. Say, oh yes.
3: Yeah, that's that's what happens when uh you know you uh, you get a little too close to a longhorn. hmm say and the next thing you know you sound like Mighty Mouse with a cowboy hat.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm back in the saddle again.
3: Here I come to save the day.
5: <laughs> 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 Shut <laughs> us up.
3: The cat in the alley back home is meow sure
0: was keen. It's a funny thing, but it had a sound like Elmer's old violin.
2: I forget what movie that's from. But <laughs> that is cool. I never heard that before. You what you know any history on that one?
3: Say. On that particular one? No. But if you find some, please email it to me. Yeah. Email? What's mm-hmm. that? Uh, that's the, that's that modern version
2: of a digital smoke signal he he doesn't he doesn't read smoke um, i don't smoke yeah. <laughs> not even when on fire get, oh no i smolder i oh, get okay. i get your email address and uh, uh, i'll email you these thank you these, yeah uh, and uh,
3: by the way also for anybody and, and for, anybody for, every, out there for
2: everybody else who is wondering am i playing copyrighted music no this is public domain
1: Take that, FCC!
2: Get off my case, toilet face!
1: We don't need no stinking license. <laughs> license? <laughs> <laughs> the license to chill?
2: Yeah, like,
3: well, man.
2: <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, and Fuzz, Fuzzy Knight before Oh uh, Yeah, he, he he did a lot of music. Uh, hey, yep, yep. And oh, oh
1: the, what was the one? The one. Uh, Little Shepherd of Kingdom Come, or the Shepherd of the Hills. Yes, that, oh, he was a beautiful song in that. He sang.
3: Mm-hmm. See and yeah, it
1: was nominated for an Academy Award.
3: Say, yeah, there, there were many of that were nominated for Academy, Award. and it's interesting. Out of all of the different you know, ones that uh, have been nominated down through the years, the only time a Western song ever won Best Song from a Motion Picture was High Noon.
1: Do not forsake me. Yes. Yeah. Well, Tiomkin and then, of course, text for for the song and for the composing.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's really funny because, you know, Dimitri Tjomkin is, is who we're talking about as the songwriter. And uh, he was a Russian-Jewish immigrant. Mm-hmm. And he never got further west than New Jersey. Yep. But uh, but he wrote you know he wrote the lyrics for High Noon he wrote they uh, oh see uh, rawhide. rawhide he wrote yeah he wrote rawhide Three Ten to Yuma yeah ride again on the Three Ten to Yuma uh, he wrote El Dorado and uh, he wrote my rifle my pony and me from yeah. one of my favorite John Wayne films Rio Bravo that was a rewrite from another movie. Yep, with uh, with my, you know, with my favorite singing cowboy, <laughs> uh, gee, Martin. <laughs> yeah, he was sitting on. I got a clip of him on YouTube. Him, uh, yo, know, uh, him and Roy Rogers on, John Wayne on, uh, on his, Joe and, uh, you know, John Wayne comes riding out on Dollar, and they're sitting there at the hitching rail, and Dean's joking as like, I'm usually not this high without a parachute. <laughs> <laughs> of course, back then that you know that meant uh, he had been indulging in the fruit of the vine, and uh, you
1: know, not eating some Colorado brownies, dude. <laughs> could you, yeah, I, just, I, I could I can just imagine Wayne and Martin after work when they were shooting Real Bravo.
3: Say, so, well, see, here's the here's the funny thing, and uh, his uh, uh, his daughter Dina. Is one of my one of my Facebook? Uh, Gina. Gina is. Mm-hmm.
1: I doubled her on Young Billy Young in the Stagecoach. Oh, isn't that cool? Yeah. Well, See? I don't know. I didn't look that good, <laughs> yeah.
2: especially with a mustache.
1: See? I didn't have a mustache then, <laughs> Eric. I wasn't born with a mustache.
3: You weren't? <laughs> no. Oh, well, I had a beard. Oh, okay. Say, and I figured you'd like Jethro Bodine, is born with a full set of teeth, just like a <laughs> Beaver, but. Uh, you no, know, but uh, according to not only Dina, but uh, everything I've read from people who actually knew him, you know, the, uh, say, you know, the the whole Lush routine... Is an act. Yeah, it, it was an act. Well, like All Foster, the, Foster Brooks. Oh, well, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, Fo- Foster Brooks, you know, uh, in, in real life, uh, yes, he was a social drinker at one point in time. Say, and... A friend of his bet him that he couldn't give up alcohol for a week for twenty bucks. He said, "I needed the twenty bucks yeah. a lot more than the." You know, and after the week was up, he just never bothered starting again. That yeah. so, uh,
1: twenty bucks went a long way back then. And so, oh yes, it did.
3: And uh, you know, and I I still get so tickled. I watch uh, uh, clips of him on the old the Dean Martin roasts mm-hmm. thing and. Him and Don Rickles would consistently crack up everybody. Everybody. It's like, try and find any
4: comedian on the circuit now that can do that. Yeah. yeah. They ain't. Nothing. Well, he, he did a routine that was on the Dean Martin show where <clears throat> Dean's is sitting in a bar and Buster mm-hmm. Brooks walks in and uh, says, uh, uh, he walks in and he goes, I need a uh, bartender, I need a drink real quick. And Dean says, uh, well, what's your hurry? He goes, I got to make a plane. And uh, he has a drink, and then he has another drink. And mm-hmm. and then finally he goes, uh, oh, uh, are you flying on business? He, he starts to they talk a little more. He has another drink. Finally he finishes, and he looks at his watch. He goes, Oop! I got to go. I'm flying tonight. So uh, he's so, the pilot.
3: Uh, yeah, it's like, are, are you afraid the, the plane might take off without you? Uh, I don't think so. I I'm a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
5: know,
3: I worked
1: on Rough Night in Jericho with uh, Dean Martin, and I've got to say, you know, that on the job, he wasn't a jokester. He was serious. He he was. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he was spot on, and it was a pleasure to watch the guy work. And that's a. Mentioning that movie, that's one that people should see because that is a tough, gritty movie. It is. Yeah, he's got one he's, of the best brutal fights you ever saw. Say, oh yeah, and
3: they uh, and uh, a lot of people don't know he was actually a Golden Gloves fighter for uh, yep. for for some years and was pretty cotton picking good at it. Yeah. Say. Well, when you look at his face, you know he was. <laughs> well, not interesting. Now that is not necessarily true because actually Bob Hope. You know, boxed professionally. Oskinos? Oskinos boxed professionally under the name Packy East. And believe it or not, now, I mean, he didn't make a career out of it, obviously, but uh, he did it for for a couple of years and, uh, say, won almost
1: all of his fights. You know, that's an interesting thing. How many of the old-time guys coming out, coming into the business in the 30s actually did box? Say. Yep. It's a big, that'd make an interesting show. Yeah, well,
2: it's mm-hmm. something that we're going to explore, I think, down the road. But yeah. right now we got uh, to do our commercial. final, final commercial break here. You're in tune with Abel Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our yeah, guest no, is Buck Hill. land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West where a large number of Westerns were filmed.
1: For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. <laughs>
0: 777
2: Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses. So they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out. But like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseandaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseandaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldiers' Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read
0: classic western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net
2: We're back on Abel Franzi's The Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Buck... (laughs) Buck Hilton's our guest. Bunker de France is here, and Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. There's Ray Whitley. Say yes, indeed, one heck of a pecker. Never. That's Saturday night dance music. It, in they fact, it is called them. an instrumental ditty. <laughs> an instrumental ditty? Ditty. Ditty. Instrumental ditty. Little ditty from Kansas little, City. Little ditty, yep. yep. All right, Buck, you're going to play some songs for us.
3: Say, I are indeed, uh, but real quick, like, you know, uh, one of you know, one of the folks that you had on here is uh, some nice folks from horsing Around Equine, equine Rescue, mm-hmm. and... I'd like to uh, give a holler to those that run that thing. And uh, friends and neighbors, if uh, if you would like to do a fundraiser sometime, you know, uh, have you know, have folks out to the ranch to scritch some ears and pass out some carrots to your guests of honor there, say, and you'd like some music, give me a holler. I would be you know, absolutely pickle-tink to... Um, Brought myself out there. Pickled Tink. Say, yeah, that's that's what happens to uh, you know to uh, Tinker when you spike her spring water. Mm. So you get pickled Tink. Mm.
2: Say, uh, how but, do you live with him, Suzanne? She doesn't. <laughs> I don't. Say. you know, uh, Steve Boyce,
1: I hope you're listening because this guy could really put on a good event for you and the horses
2: will enjoy the music immensely
1: well
3: Well, you you laugh Uh, if you'll you'll go on my uh, my Facebook page Mm -hmm. which is facebook.com slash Buck Helton and scroll back uh, a little ways you will see me singing uh, four-legged friend to uh, my favorite Clydesdale JJ (laughs) who's who's, uh, owned by my friend Nancy Rorick as an equine therapy program. And uh, J.J. is convinced that he's a lap puppy, and you can see him. He keeps trying to crawl in my pocket <laughs> and come home with me. And, well, you know, you're a big boy. Oh, he's my favorite mount. You yeah. And uh, there's there's also pictures there of uh, you know, me riding him, singing back in the
1: saddle. And mm-hmm. uh, God, uh, I just had this beautiful image. You're in this movie, and you're riding this beautiful Clydesdale and you're being chased by Billy Barty on a Shetland and you pull up real quick and he runs underneath you. Yes.
3: So, you know, that would, that would actually be a hilarious scene. And we now, of course not with Billy because he's passed on, but, uh, I'm, I'm actually working on, uh, on an idea right now. I'm, I'm working with several independent producers and, uh, I I have a uh, I don't have the script done yet, but uh, I have a uh, uh, an idea for uh, a western with a singing bad guy. <laughs> You need a stunt coordinator? (laughs) For me, no, because if you've ever seen one of my x-rays, I look like an escapee from an erectus. Oh, I know. He's had
2: had more operations than the the OSS. I can just imagine uh, Roy Barcroft or uh, (laughs) Charlie King uh, singing as a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but we're running out of time here, so you had, real quick, a couple of bars of the Speedy Gonzales song. Okay. Oh, the
3: hat I got for Christmas is to be. Oh, he's nice, but my sombrero is to be. If me one thing from another. I got married to my brother. The hat I got for Christmas is to be. But ring the bell and beat the drum. Ring the bell. And beat the drum, ring the bell, but be polite. But if I see that Santa Claus, I'm going to start a fight. And by the way, real quick plug. for you, uh, Todd. If uh, if you enjoy... If you enjoy this kind of music, please uh, go on my Facebook page. Once again, facebook.com slash Buck Sunday and Wednesday afternoons, yeah, uh, wow. I do the silver lining. Yeah. Well, they're not live right now because oh, okay. everybody is soaking up oh, the yeah. bandwidth. Yeah. But uh, they're taped and they're posted mm-hmm. just as soon as I can. And uh, Sunday and Wednesday afternoon, I do the silver lining sessions. And uh, Sundays are all gospel. Wednesdays are... Uh, a mix of cowboy songs, classic country, oldies, bluegrass, uh, cowboy poetry, musical history, and all sorts of things of this nature. And we would uh, absolutely love it if, uh, if you would like to come alongside that. And you can share those with your friends on and off Facebook uh, they don't have to be my Facebook friends to watch it. They're all public. You don't even have to have a Facebook account. All you don't even have to have a friend. <laughs> well, no, that you have to have. But uh, say all, all you need to share with your friends and family is the link, which you can get on Facebook, right. and send it to them. And as long as they have an Internet connection, they can watch anywhere in the world 24-7, and the shows are archived all the way back to... St. Paddy's Day of 2020 when they started. All right. So very quickly, what are you uh, up to right now? Let's say uh, right now I'm uh, just around town. I'm playing at uh, a number of markets. Uh, Friday mornings I'm out at the uh, Saddlebrook Market, Mm -hmm. which is uh, in the parking lot of uh, HOA2. Uh, Mm -hmm. Say every other Saturday I'm out at the Dove Mountain Market. See, and uh, which is held in the old uh, parking lot of the old Bosch's there mm-hmm. at the Dove Mountain Center. Say and uh, say starting uh, next next month on Valentine's Day, in fact. Uh, mm-hmm. Say every other Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Say I will be at uh, the Recycled Desert Treasures. Mm-hmm. Market And uh, of course, I'm always around on you know, other shows as well. And your website is? Website, uh, which is under construction right now. It's not finished, right. but uh, there there are some things already up, is buckhelton.com. Okay.
1: And, you B- know, you are the living epitome of a star of stage, screen, and supermarket openings. There you go. It's
3: a and Kansas
2: uh, City star, that's what I are. And uh, folks can order your music from there as well.
3: They they can, indeed. Uh, One of, uh, in fact, one of the albums, uh, the uh, one called Western and Swing, Mm -hmm. uh, is actually already up on there, and uh, you can download the complete
2: album, or you can go through and just buy individual tracks, as you wish. Buck Helton, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Muchly. I am tickled to be here, and uh, we'll love to come back anytime. Anytime. Mucho gusto, amigo.
3: Indeed. Gesundheit.
2: That's it for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West until next Saturday when we do Part 2 of what makes a great screenplay out at the White Stallion Ranch with yes. Stuart Rosebrook. 78, 79, adios! So long, everybody. <laughs>